Welcome back, listeners, to the 10th episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on future episodes. Do leave a rating or review if your listening platform allows, and you can also get in touch by emailing worldofwallaceandgromit at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions of what you'd like from the podcast. That's worldofwallaceandgromit at gmail.com. World of Wallace and Gromit is all one word, no spaces, no punctuation. From the weird to the wonderful, Wallace and Gromit have starred in their fair share of commercials. Coming up, we look at the wide range of things they're advertising and a bit of the background behind Aardman's advert-making side of business. Going right back to the early days of Aardman Animations, their unique style of work was being identified by advertising agencies as having real potential for creating memorable commercials. Originally, the founders of Aardman, Peter Lord and David Sproxton, had no long-term plan to make lots of commercials, but had heard they can make you a lot of money if you do them well. Their plan was to make a few, get some money to buy some new kit, and then get back to the short films, the children's programmes, the model animation they were doing before. Little did they know that making commercials would be a big part of their output, right up to today, and for a long time, made up the financial backbone of the company. Sproxton later said that making commercials is probably the best funded animation academy you can get, as each advert provides a huge learning opportunity for those involved. From Lurpak, Scotch Tate, Health Campaigns, Tesco, DFS and so many more, it's hard to find a time when Aardman hasn't had an advert showing somewhere. In contrast to adverts with perfectly formed computer graphics or heavily edited models, Aardman's handcrafted style of commercial has the power to appeal to the hearts of the nation. The style is cosier, feels more real despite knowing its animation, and somehow more personal. That ability to appeal on a personal level to a viewer is exactly what any marketing department wants from their advertising. From 1995 to 1998, Aldman's chief publicist at the time, Arthur Sheriff, said they had been offered every TV advert in the book, from mobile phones to DIY companies to the food and drink that features in the films that they make. However, Ardman also knew that Wallace and Gromit was something special that should be protected, that shouldn't be exploited for the sake of high-budget companies, risking rapid loss of credibility. So they turned the vast majority of them down, despite being keen as a company to expand their commercial business. When it came to choosing ones they would use Wallace and Gromit for, Ardman were extremely selective. In 1997, Wallace and Gromit helped sell Kellogg's Rice Krispies through the inclusion of little plastic figurines of characters like the duo, Wendelin, Sean, Preston and Feathers, which you could collect in the boxes. But the first animated advert they were in was for Glico's Puchin Pudding in 1998. Wallace and Gromit were hugely popular with Japanese audiences, and when snack manufacturer Glico, who also made Pocky and Colon Cream, commissioned Ardman to make three commercials for them featuring Wallace and Gromit, Ardman accepted. The product being advertised was Glico's Puchin Pudding, a wobbly flower-shaped pudding which you turn out of the pot, somewhat like a creme caramel. The first of the three commercials was pretty much a dance routine, featuring Wallace, Gromit in some groovy sunglasses, and a flock of sheep in 62 West Wallaby Street, busting some moves to a Japanese pop song about how amazing Puchin Puddings are. The second has a little bit of a story and shows us Sean sleeping peacefully in a meadow and racing back to the house upon hearing the sounds of Wallace opening a pudding. 
Using many modes of transport, Sean makes it back to eat the pudding before a surprise Wallace manages to. The third one is a little reference to a grand day out, and we see Wallace and Gromit picnicking on the moon, and similarly to the last advert, open a pudding, which Sean hears from the Earth and dashes into a rocket ship, dodging meteors and eventually crashes into the moon in the attempt to intercept the pudding consumption. Up on the moon, Wallace and Gromit are distracted by the rocket crash, only to turn back round to their pudding and see Sean perfectly happy, eating away at their pudding, having parachuted in. These adverts were very cheerful and exhibited a unique Japanese-British fusion of styles, which I thought was quite interesting. Everybody puts in! In 2001, the second largest insurance company in Japan, Sumitomo, commissioned a Wallace and Gromit short commercial featuring the pair driving along on their motorcycle with a stunt team of sheep. They accidentally run over a tortoise and all of them were thrown into the air, but miraculously managed to land again on the motorcycle in reverse order. Apparently, that communicated the kind of things that insurance policies can protect against. After cracking contraptions was well received on the internet and on TV in 2002, Alban decided that they would let the duo appear in adverts a little closer to home. In 2003, Renault were launching their new Kangoo car and wanted a commercial that could convey the stylish yet appealing functionalities of the car. Similar to inventions featured in Cracking Contraptions, in the advert, Wallace has built the Kangoo-matic to test the car for headlights, windscreen wipers, comfiness and so on. The shot's framing is such that at the start it looks like the car's been driven along a country road but later we see that the machine has been set up on a treadmill-like platform in their basement. This advert was shown on TV across Europe, but only in cinemas in the UK. Not sure why, but there we go. When you think of Wallace, cheese and crackers also spring to mind, so the pairing of Wallace and Gromit with Jacob's Cream Crackers must be one of the best in advertising history. In 2004, Ardman produced a commercial featuring another one of Wallace's contraptions to test out different topping combinations on the crackers. True to form, of course, it explodes and showers the room and Wallace and Gromit with ash and debris. Luckily, there's a few unscathed crackers left for Wallace to enjoy. Never fear, Gromit. With the cinematic snackomatic, these Jacob's cream crackers won't go to waste. The great escape. Play it again, Salmon. The hambusters. <laughs> Delicious. As we know, Wallace and Gromit's feature film, The Curse of the Were Rabbit, was released in 2005, and this also presented advertising opportunities. One venture was with UK tea company PG Tips, and in the TV advert, we see Wallace and Gromit in their front garden serving tea to Lady Tottington featuring a rather fun three-spouted teapot. Far from successfully checking the tea's temperature, Wallace's new invention ends up dunking him in the tea, the sugar, the cake, spare mugs, and so the advert finishes with the line, Test your tea's temperature the easy way with a free thermal nose mug in special packs of PG tips. Mr Wallace! 
Not only did Wallace and Gromit advertise PG tips on the screen, but also in the supermarket, through the mug of Gromit's head, with the nose that goes red when the contents is hot. The other release in 2005 was an advert for the Curse of the Were-Rabbit toys, free with kids' meals at Burger King, but the only bit of animation in these adverts was a few seconds of a rabbit hitting a window on the other side of some diners. Wallace and Gromit have also featured in poster-based and still-advertising campaigns. As part of a promotion of children's DVDs at its stores in 2007, the media retailer HMV replaced Nipper the Dog in its logo based on the 1898 painting His Master's Voice, with a setup of Gromit and a gramophone in the same position. HMV used the new image in 220 of its stores and it ran for three months, also featuring on the London Underground and in the press. In 2008, Harvey Nichols were opening a new store in Bristol and wanted to use Wallace and Gromit in their poster promotions as they were such a big part of Bristol's film scene and instantly recognisable. The model makers had to think carefully about the style that Wallace could take on as initially it was hard to see how Wallace's normalness could work in the advertising. The clothes that Wallace and Lady Tottington wear were made to be as close to the real thing that Harvey Nichols was selling as possible, but still within the realms of Wallace and Gromit's world. For example, the shoes that Wallace wears couldn't be as pointy and sharp as the ones on sale. Nick Park was on hand to approve, help with ideas and make the final tweaks, so the finished shots made Wallace look pretty chic without losing his personality. 2009 was a big year for Wallace and Gromit, as they were celebrating their 20th anniversary. There were also four N-Power adverts produced starring Wallace and Gromit, showing different energy-saving systems and appliances, including new energy-saving boilers to replace the pretty intense coal-powered one in the basement of 62 West Wallaby Street, insulation that doesn't involve 50 sheep in your loft, smart power electricity monitors, so you know how much energy you're using when you have 31 TVs on the go at the same time, <laughs> Wallace, and promoting NPower's support for the World Cup bid. NPower is a UK supplier of electricity and gas, and the ideas behind the advert is that, as well as advertising NPower's services, they could connect with people to help them understand that anyone can make small and simple changes to make a big difference to their energy bills, and Wallace and Gromit could convey the have-a-go kind of atmosphere. Mmm, new boiler, lad. That'll save us some pennies. Empower Home Team only install energy-efficient boilers, which could save you up to £275 a year. Around Christmas in the same year, the retailer Marks and Spencers produced their Christmas adverts around the theme Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without dot dot dot, which featured lots of celebrities, including Wallace and Gromit, naming things that were part of Christmas and related to products that M&S sell, of course. We see Gromit doing a bit of internet shopping and Wallace reading a newspaper beside him with the backdrop of a well-adorned Christmas tree and hung paper chains. The decorations on the tree were modelled on the real M&S Christmas 2009 range, first moulded in resin, sprayed gold, dipped in a glass paint mix to create the shine and then decorated with glitter and beads. The computer featured in the shop took four days to make in Ardman's props department as it had to have miniature working lights and be animatable when Gromit touched it. In 2012, Google released their new Google Plus feature, Hangouts. Before the days of Zoom, this was pretty much the same concept, with a live chat room that allowed you to talk and see other people real-time. Google joined forces with Ardman to produce a Christmas advert promoting the service. The end result was an Ardman family gathering with Wallace and Gromit, Sean and his friends, 
Ginger from Chicken Run, characters from Creature Comforts, and Paella and Fluffles, all opening their presents together. I thought it was a rather nice touch to have all the animated characters come together for the festive season. Uh, Righto. Everybody ready? (laughs) Three. Get them presents, Fluffles. Two. Hold up. Hang on. One. Ooh, a teapot. Oh, splendid. Oh, lovely. Mine's all sparkly. Oh, socks. Oh, you shouldn't have. Also in 2012, we get a short film, not so much advertising a product as such, but entitled Jubilee Buntathon, which was created in association with the National Trust to celebrate the Diamond Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II. We see Gromit industriously sewing piles and piles of colourful bunting, ready to be put up the next day on a grand country house, not too dissimilar to Tottington Hall. Despite it being a two-person job, Gromit manages to put it all up before Wallace has even finished his coffee. The one-minute animation took three months to create, with a team of 30, and 30 kilos of modelling clay. It also took 60 metres of bunting to decorate 62 West Wallaby Street and the National Trust Manor House, and eight hours were spent brushing the grass on set with a fork to get it sitting just right. The year after, in 2013, Wallace and Gromit are part of another outdoorsy campaign, this time for Visit England. With the support from Scottish, Welsh and Irish tourist boards, they launched a £4 million Great Adventure programme to inspire the UK to holiday at home and boost the local tourism industries. Wallace and Gromit were chosen to figurehead the campaign as they were deemed wonderful ambassadors for the country and had the potential to really capture the imagination of the public. In the advert, Wallace and Gromit fancy a holiday and despite Gromit trying to tell Wallace about all the places they could go from a brochure, Wallace is intent on using his new cannon-based holiday hotshots to fire them on holiday somewhere. True to form, they end up crashing into the roof of their house, so Gromit takes the reins and they head out on the motorbike and sidecar, guided by the UK Holidays brochure. What I particularly like about this advert is all the postcard-style holiday snaps we see at the end of them visiting places all over the UK. From Stonehenge to Cheddar Gorge, the Belfast Titanic Museum and Scotland's Loch Ness, to name a few. Each image with a little visual humour built in, sticking with Wallace and Gromit's style. We then wait until 2019 before we get our next Wallace and Gromit commercial, but then we get two for Christmas. First, we have one for the clothing brand Jules, where we see Wallace in the living room of 62 West Wallaby Street, lots of Jules labelled presents around, and it's time to put up the decorations, in the only way Wallace does, with technology. He presses a button on a remote and hey presto, the tree is lowered from the ceiling, fully decorated, the pictures and lights get festive, the fire starts blazing, and the finishing touch is a rather grumpy grommet as a Christmas fairy strung from the ceiling. A wave of his magic wand sends a pile of presents crashing down on Wallace, which may have been a bang on the head too many, as he starts seeing fairy lights dancing round his head. There were also a couple of still shots taken of the pair involving different festive activities, like wrapping presents and spilling a plate of mince pies, which I suppose were for press, poster and magazine advertising purposes. The 40-second animation took one animator 15 days to shoot, and two weeks prior to that to prep Wallace and Gromit for their roles. All the Jaws products in the adverts are scaled-down versions of real items available for purchase, and the skirt that Gromit wears is made from the actual material that the real Jaws skirt is made from. Throughout the advert, it's very clear that it's for Jules, and the particular slogan the team worked to was 
Christmas at the click of a button. A rather clever double meaning there, which I quite like. The second winter advert of 2019 was for the sofa retail company, DFS. As a bonus, we see the return of Lady Tottington, again voiced by Helena Bonham Carter, as Wallace learns that his sofamatic machine is not the only way to make a sofa. When Gromit takes them to the DFS factory, they discover the sofas are all handcrafted, and indeed, Lady Tottington has her perfect sofa built specially for her. The idea being to emphasise that all sofas are handmade to order, and DFS share the same values of quality craftsmanship, attention to detail, and a personal feel to their products, encouraging viewers that they will be the right fit for them within their store. As well as it being exciting that Lady Tottington returns, the comic timing gag's ratio to seconds of animation is also wonderfully high. And to tie it all together, the yellow sofa featured in the advert was a miniature version of DFS's Jules Collection sofa to help celebrate their 30th anniversary. A nice little triangle there. As far as I'm aware, these are all the main commercials and adverts that Wallace and Gromit have starred in, and where new content has been created for them specially. Unlike many characters, it's a relatively short list given their popularity and how long they've been around for. This just harks back to Aardman's selectiveness, and it definitely helps those companies that are chosen for collaboration, because the rarity of Wallace and Gromit featuring boosts the public's interest. The world of commercials is certainly a fascinating one, and is an opportunity to develop the interaction between the worlds of Wallace and Gromit and our own, which personally I always find really interesting. Understanding how Wallace and Gromit would react with something from our world, but translated into theirs, without losing the personality and homemade style we know and love, I imagine is certainly a challenge. But if anyone can do it, Ardman can. What do you think of that then, Gromit? Today's review is of the comic book Anarachnophobia, by Tristan Davies and Nick Newman. Now, if you listened to episode 4, What a Lot of Sheep, you will have heard the review of the sister of this book, The Lost Slipper. Published in 1998, Anarachnophobia tells the story of Wallace and Gromit, who enter an invention competition with Wallace's ping-pong-o-matic machine, only to discover that, when invited to the convention where the inventions will be judged, all is not quite right. We meet a handful of new characters, like Wallace and Gromit's pigeon-loving neighbour, Mr Patel, and a pair of bullies from Wallace's school days, one of whom bears a striking resemblance to an early version of Paella Bakewell from A Matter of Loaf and Death. A story full of hypnotism, a hotel with one staff member, and performing spiders, not to mention invention pilfering. Will Wallace and Gromit be able to figure out the dastardly plan hatched to steal his invention and put a stop to it before it's too late? I'd say this book was largely aimed at children, as it's fairly simple, but there are still a few references hidden in the panels, which older people will appreciate. Like The Lost Slipper, I think it's only available second-hand, either through online stores or charity shops, but I think there's a fair few copies around if you're interested in it. Uh, all's well that ends well, that's what I say. Wow, that was quite a long episode but I really enjoyed finding out a bit more about the collaborations between Wallace and Gromit and all these different brands and understanding how the fit between the parties was so important to Arben. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about it as well. So, till next time. From me, from Gromit, from Arge. Au revoir, chucks.